week uh, we talked about some things from last year and we're today I'm going to be talking about some of the things where we're going for the new year. The obvious to me, and I don't know that sometimes the obvious, if you don't share the obvious, then it's not always obvious. But to me, some things are obvious and, and the things that we will continue this year are the obvious things of gathering and worshiping. You know, worship is is uh, utmost that we come and we recognize the Lord and we recognize who he is. And we give honor and glory to him. It all, to me, it all starts there. It starts with recognizing who he is and establishing that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And giving him the honor and glory that's due his name. I believe we do that in spirit and truth. And I believe that, you know, that is something that continues. We continue to preach and teach God's word. You know, God's Word is the foundation for what we believe. It's not opinions. It's not our opinions. You know, it's not what we think. It's not what we've been told over the years necessarily. It's not, well, this is the way it happened for me. This is what, you know, this is what I always knew. No, it's God's Word is true. And we continue to, to the best of our ability, preach and teach God's Word. We continue to make disciples. The Bible says, go and make disciples. And it's not just enough to come to church. It's not just enough to to uh, sit and be in the kingdom of God. But, you know, we're to go out. We're to make disciples. Wherever if we have opportunity, that could be wherever wherever that means. You know, you might make disciples with your neighbor. You might have a neighbor that you meet with. You might have somebody that you gather with. You might have a, a small group that you gather with. It You know, you can come... We offer opportunities, Sunday school, Bible studies. But, you know, it's not just confined to that. You know, there's lots of ways to make disciples. But I believe that's utmost importance that we make disciples. We don't just, you know, get saved so we get to heaven. That God expects us to make disciples. And we continue to fellowship. We continue to gather in various ways to fellowship. You know, we'll have opportunities where we can fellowship. Um... I believe fellowship is extremely important, but I think there sometimes is a danger that people can think that church is just fellowship, you know, and, you know, that's a big part. It's enjoyable, hopefully. And, uh, you know, but it's not just fellowship, but that's a part of it that we come, we fellowship, we encourage one another. We can have a good time together. We can laugh. You know, and I think that's probably I guess sometimes that's pretty important. You know, sometimes life gets to be kind of a downer. You know, it can happen, you know, not always, but, you know, sometimes life has its issues. And it's important we gather and we encourage one another. We can have a good time, you know, and that's okay. That's part of it. We will continue to do our outreaches, um, you know, and let me say that don't ever forget that outreach is not just an organized activity. Outreach is reaching one person at a time. You know, you, we can have organized activity and we can invite 100 people. But they're only going to come to the kingdom of God one person at a time. And that a lot of times, folks, happens individually. I would probably say most of the time it happens with people sharing with people one-on-one. So please don't underestimate that opportunity and look for those opportunities you have that are natural where you have a natural opportunity to share with somebody you know god will give us those opportunities 
You will open those doors where we can just share God's love and his word and, and share your testimony with somebody. You, know, you think, well, my testimony is not important. It doesn't matter. If you know the Lord, you have a testimony. And don't underestimate, underestimate your testimony. You know, just, you know, there was a time when it was like, I remember thinking, well, my testimony is not very good. You know, one of the problems we have is with our day and age, with technology, we can take tremendous testimonies and we can broadcast them so everybody hears this testimony of somebody on their deathbed dying or somebody that's been a just a thief and a scoundrel and terrible person all their life and they come to the Lord. We hear all those fantastic testimonies and then we sit and say, well, boy, mine seems dull. I have nothing to share. Dull testimonies are good. I think they're kind of special myself, you know. Why would I have to? And that was, and let me just share this about myself. See, that was my big thing of coming to the Lord. I mean, at, a, at about 12, I would think, around in that area, I remember specifically the, the situations that happened, but I went through a thing thinking when I heard about Paul and how bad Paul was, that Paul was killing Christians, and he was just this terrible, terrible person, and then he got saved. My thought was, and I didn't have anybody that was helping me through this process at the time, and I was just in myself thinking, okay, so to get saved, I got to somehow be this terrible, terrible person. That I must have to now develop this part of me so that I can get saved because, you know, Paul was such a bad guy and he got saved, so I have to, must have to become really bad so that I can get saved. And, and, you know, at that age, I really believe the Lord spoke to me because nobody else said anything, but I really think the Lord spoke to me and says, you don't have to do that. You don't, you don't have to go be bad. And now I know that I was bad enough already. See, that's the reality. We've all sinned and come short. I don't care where you're coming from, but see, we think we have to get real bad before we can get saved. No, we're all there. We're all there. We've all sinned and come short, so we're all there. So, you know, whether you think you're good enough or whatever you think, you're bad enough. You know, you need to get saved. So, so that's the reality of that. And so sometimes when we share our testimony, we think, well, mine's all dull. Well, it doesn't matter. It's however God came and, and got you, how he sought you, and how, wherever condition he found you. Because we're all in the same condition. It just looks different. It just looks different. You know? And consequently, over a period of time, I realized that it's a real blessing not to have to go through all that crud to get saved. You know, you know, you don't have to go through that. But if you do, that's okay too. Okay? So be willing to share your testimony. Um, we're going to continue to support missions. We're going to continue to do that, uh, all the missions that we support. We may add some, um, you know, as time goes on. This year, we are going to establish um, oversight in our congregation. We, don't have, we haven't officially um, established any oversight, but um, the leaders have decided that we're going to have uh, two, two pastors who, we already, who I already really submit myself to, and we're going to officially do that. Um, Pastor Pat Kleitz in Buffalo and Rabbi William Hallbrook out of Mansfield. We're going to officially... Um, and they've agreed to this already, that they're willing to give oversight. Now, what does that mean? All it means is, you know, that we're going to be in relationship, which we already are with them, and which I already do. If, if I have things that come up that I want to talk to somebody, I call them, 
You know, it's out of relationship. And these, these two gentlemen are willing to do that. And when they come, which in this next year, I hope to have both of them here, we're going to receive them and pray with them and, and uh, kind of establish that as a, um, a definite that uh, these men are, are there to just be relational and oversight. And, you know, it's, it's if anybody has something that you think you want to share with them about me or something in our church that's a problem, it gives you somebody that you can share with. It's, um, but it's all of relationship. It's nothing, nothing more than that. It's purely, purely relationship. Um, so that brings me to just what I want to touch on. So where else are we going? Okay, where else are we going? And here's the answer. I don't know. I don't know. Now, some people that really bothers. Now, I've had some people that, that really bothers. And uh, I just being honest, I said, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody asked me one time, you know, what's your five-year plan? I said, I don't know. I said, I'm not so sure what I'm doing tomorrow sometimes. And, and I think we can make plans. You know, the Bible doesn't say we shouldn't plan. And the Bible says, but know this, that in, in James it talks about this, it says, but when you plan, that know that when you plan, you say, if that's what the Lord wills. So, you know, sometimes we can plan and say, well, you know, maybe we ought to kind of go here, or we'll, maybe this, and then it's like, well, if that's what the Lord wants. And, and so I want to share a scripture from Genesis, the 12th chapter. And I just want to relate this to that whole thought of, I really don't know where I'm going. In Genesis, the 12th chapter, starting at the first verse, the Lord said to Abram, he said, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in all your families of the earth, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from here. So what did God say? God said to Abraham, leave your home. Leave your home. Well, it's like, what's our first thing if somebody says, you know, leave home? Well, where are we going? What do your kids say when you say, okay, we're, you know, get in the car, we're all going. Where are we going? Where are we going? I want to know where we're going. And so God says to Abraham, get out of your country, leave your family. And he says, you're going to a land, and I'm going to show you. Now, what does that mean? That means Abraham had no idea where he was going. He said, God told him, he says, I'll show you. I'll show you eventually where you're going. Because you don't know where you're going. You don't know how. You don't know when. You just need to go. The Bible says, so Abraham departed. He said, just departed. I don't know. He must have decided a direction. It must have been something. You know, he didn't know where he was going, but he must have said, well, let's go here. Let's, let's start this way. You know, sometimes we have to just get moving. Do you ever know that, you know, I don't know if you've been, well, for those of you who haven't been around livestock, it's easy to guide livestock when they move at your pace, but it's easy to guide them when they move. 
It's when they won't move, you can't guide them. They just won't move. I remember one time we were loading a big steer. He probably weighed 12, 1,300 pounds. We got him in this narrow place, put him into a, a trailer, and we got him in there, and he wouldn't move. He just stood there. And we poked and prodded, and you just, I didn't have anything electric, you know, but I'm, I'm sorry if, for humane people, but, you know, sometimes you use electric things on them to make them jump a little bit. He wouldn't move. Finally, I said to the guy with me, I said, I'm going to get on his back. He can't go to, you know, I, I was young and naive, but I got on his back and I sit on him. He would not move. Eventually we got him, but it's hard to guide something when they won't move. And so I think sometimes with us, it's hard for God to guide us if we're not moving. If God tells you to go to a foreign land, you sit down in your chair and go, okay, I'm going to do that. Yep, good idea. We're going to go. Yep, God, now you show me. You show me. And God's already said, go. And we sit and say, Lord, show me. He says, no, I told you to go. But I want to know where we're going. I want to know where. So I think sometimes the most important thing is, okay, God, we're going to move. We're going to keep doing what you told us, and then we're going to expect you to guide our steps. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. That's steps. That's taking movement. God can guide movement. He can't guide stagnant things and things that aren't moving. He can guide us if we move. Will you make some mistakes? Probably. You go the wrong way, maybe. But you know what? He can guide that. He can go, oh, no, not there. Come on, back right here, back this way. But if you just sit, he can't guide that. So, again, I don't have any answers. I, don't have, I can't say, well, here's where we're going anything different, you know. But I believe as we do what God wants and as we move, I believe he will guide us. I believe he will guide us. He will show us. He will show us when it's the right time, when it's the right thing. You know, I could stand here and say all this, and tomorrow he could show us something. You know, I could say, well, I have no clue. And then if I come back next week and I say, oh, guess what? Here's where. And then it's like, well, I thought you didn't know where you're going. Well, I don't right now. You know, and maybe somebody else he might speak. You know, he didn't, he's not going to speak everything through me. You know, eventually it comes out of me, but, you know, just because of the position. But he can speak through other people too. But when he does, then we need to hear, and then we need to be willing to move. You know, whatever that is, whatever that is. And so then I want to go to Genesis, the 13th chapter. And I want to read the first 12 verses. So then Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him to the south. He's moving, okay? And Abraham was very rich in livestock in silver and gold. And when he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Lot also went with him with Abram, and he had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's lock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the, the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me. 
and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you take the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and he saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And it was watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go toward Zor. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed, and they separated from each other. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. So then they get to a spot, and they start to settle. And the first thing I want you to see is it says they settled at Bethel. And the word Bethel means the house of God. And Bethel was where Abram had first built an altar. You build an altar to worship and to, and to sacrifice to God. It was the house of God. Abraham dwelt in that place. That place. That's where God took him to. Was where God was. And that's the only important thing. One time when we were talking about where to build, I'll, I'll never forget it. Where to build, where to build. You know, that's a big question. Where do you build a church? Where do you build a church? You know, well, you know, the obvious and the, the intelligent people would say you build a church where people are. So you got to go to where there's a lot of population. If you're going to build a church or if you're going to build a church, you put it out where everybody's going to see it. And I remember at that time, we went to a conference and a man spoke and he said, you build a church where Jesus is. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, that's kind of simple. And, you know, that just in me settled. You don't, you know, you don't have to intellectually think this through. We just need to be where God is. We need to be where he is. We need to be at Bethel, the place of God. That's the only thing that matters. We just need to be at that place. You know, and sometimes that's not always the obvious in our intellect. You know, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, but I want to see. I want to see. I want to figure it out. I want to know. No, you walk by faith. You take steps, and God directs your steps. And we trust him. And he will show us. He will guide us. Because look what happened in this story. What happened between Abraham and Lot then? Abraham said, you know what, Lot? There's just too many of you. choose. And Lot used his intellect. Lot used the obvious. Lot said, Hey, I can figure this out. Man, just look. He goes, over there, it's well watered. It's beautiful. You know, that's the best. That's where I'm going. And Abraham says, okay. And the Bible, you know, we know what happened. You know, Abraham stayed in the place of God. Lot went to Sodom and Gomorrah. Close. You know, it looked good. Do you know that sin always looks good? Always, if it didn't, you wouldn't go there. Think about it. If it didn't look good and have some appeal, you wouldn't go there. But the obvious, the place that God wanted his people was with Abraham in that place where God had for them. And you know, Lot, he took, he took what was, what he, he said, well, hey, this is no choice. I'll take the best. The point being, no matter where we go, no matter where we go, we want to end up where God is. 
That's all. If we get there and he's not there, what a failure. If we do something, he's not in it, what a failure. So we don't know where we're going as far as some things, you know, what the future has for us, what God has plans. We know some things. We'll continue to do the things that God's called us to do. But, you know, there's some things we don't know. You know, buildings, we're here now. You know, I don't see anything. I don't see anything even in the physical where to go. If you got a place where we could go, please tell me. But, you know, now let me say this. In my intellect, this is my intellect. But in my intellect, I pinpointed everybody's house. All you, I pinpointed your house on a map. Would you like to guess where the center is? It's real close to right here. If you just get everybody's pinpoint, all the people, and you pinpoint them, then you look where we're at. Now, I don't know that that means we're supposed to always be here. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's the center, you know. So that's interesting. Um, but I don't, I don't see anything else. I don't, I, don't not, I don't see any other alternatives. If God opens up something he shows us, then we'll do it, you know. Sometimes I'd like to go to Montana. I just, I just want you to know. I mean, I'm just being honest. Every once in a while, I want to go to Montana. I'm not taking, I'm not saying we're all packing up and going to Montana. I've had that thought. You know? But it's not God. It's just me trying to escape people. Trying to take people I want with me. <laughs> now we're not going to Montana. But, but, you know, it's things like that. You know, we can have those thoughts. You know, we can have those thoughts, but ultimately, we want to be faithful to hear what God says and do what he's saying for us. For us. It's going to be different than anybody else. You know, he'll, he'll say what he wants for us. Most important for us to hear and then to be where he wants us to be. Not where we think we ought to be, but where he wants us to be. So, so if that makes anybody nervous, um, Sorry. You know, I, it has made some, to be honest with you, there's been some people that have been nervous about that. They've expressed that, that, you know, like, where are we going? And I had to just say, I don't know. And they went, oh, really? You know, there was a time when I thought as a pastor, it was my obligation to know. And then I realized it wasn't. <laughs> it's not my obligation to know. It's my obligation to hear if he tells us where to go. That's, that's what our responsibility is. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, as we think about a new year, or sometimes we place a lot of value on a new year, but just remind us it's always a new day. It's a new minute. You know, the next steps we take as we leave this building will be new. So, Lord, just help us to put our hands in you. That, Lord, that you would guide us personally. That, Lord, none of us know if we really trust you where we're going to be or what you're going to have us do what doors you might open or what opportunities we'll have if we allow you to guide and direct our steps. So, Lord, just help us to be faithful to you. Help us to hear. Help us to move, Lord. Don't let us get stagnant to where we just sit and, and wait for something to move us. But, Lord, that we move and trust you to guide our steps. That, Lord, you want to direct our paths. So, Lord, help us to move and do your will. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to us, Lord. We just look to the future just trusting you and just uh, 
depending on you and waiting to see what you have for us. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your presence with us. Lord, dismiss us now with your blessing. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.